Well, hello, everybody. Good night. Uh, this is uh, the fourth uh, Joe show I've done, and it is a solo show that I do anytime that Al is not able to be here. His uh, son is uh, graduating from high school, and he had an event that he had to go to tonight, so I don't like doing these, but I figured I'd to get a little content out there. And to uh, fill the blank, I would do this myself. Um, next week, we're going to have Al's dad back. And uh, and Al's dad and I are going to do a couple shows uh, in uh, a week and a half or so. Because Al is going out of town. So that ought to be some fun. So I watched a... Uh, if you... If you like intellectual stimulation and uh, you want to hear listen to some people that are probably smarter than you are it's definitely smarter than I am that's for sure um, discuss things that without watching any kind of news show where there's four boxes and there's an idiot in each box yelling at each other or yelling at one another then uh, I would suggest that you go to YouTube and there is a, uh, I don't know what the name stands for, but it's a, it's called a monk, M-U-N-K, debate. Uh, that's the, the series of debates. Um, it's in Canada, and this debate had featured Jordan Peterson, uh, Michael Dyson, Michelle Goldberg, and Stephen Fry. Um, and... The debate was supposed to be about political correctness, but it ended up being a, uh, it ended up like a lot of things that start off trying to be about something, it ended up being about identity politics. Um, I'm not sure if any of you are have paid attention or not to this or, or whether you're even curious, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it, it's not in it. He, Jordan Peterson, is a was a basically a no a nobody. Um, you know, I shouldn't say it, not not nobody, but he was a professor, a psychology professor at the University of Toronto. And Canada, unlike the United States, does not have um, First Amendment protections, and so they don't have as free of speech as we do. Um, and as somebody that's a, a proponent, a big proponent of free speech and, and expression, uh, it scares me to think of, of anything but having the freedom to have free speech because it's, uh, you know, it, it, we get into the proverbial slippery slope of, you know, you can't say anything because... You might offend somebody, and uh, you don't have a right not to be offended. That's not your right, and that's a good thing. At any rate, Jordan Peterson refused to. There was there was some sort of a law passed in which uh, that people uh, in universities or government employment or you name it in Canada, and I don't. Obviously, I don't know this. I, I don't. 
I don't know what the law said. I know this to be true. Uh, they they had uh, passed this law where you had to address a person whose gender who they, who they have have decided that they they want a a pronoun other than he or she uh, or ma'am or miss or or you know they wanted a pronoun because they feel like they're have no gender or you know and there's there's a a list that you can you can type in gender pronouns I haven't written it down and one of the things that I don't do very well is I don't prepare for you know it's, this isn't like a public speaking thing um, it's a solo show so I don't I don't prepare with a lot of notes which is probably to my detriment and maybe it's why these shows that I do by myself are not very good but uh, unlike you know getting up and giving a speech in public I mean you you usually have notes or a very good memory which I have neither right here so at any rate Jordan Peterson uh, refused he said you know I, I am not gonna I am not gonna do that I'm not gonna have the state the government tell me that I have to address someone a certain way and since that started, he has become one of the most desired speakers, um, talk show guests, you name it, and, and has become a very controversial figure. Um, and, the, and, the, uh, and what's funny is, is that this is something that uh, you wouldn't think that would gain much traction, but in today's climate, where things are, I think, quite, quite crazy, um this is uh this is you know become a huge issue because uh you start passing laws and I, I don't believe that they could do this this would be very hard to do in the United States. I believe this would be shot down by the Supreme Court fairly quickly. But in Canada they you know, you're gonna make you say, you know, if somebody wants to be called uh they, which is a which is a uh, plural word, um, you would have to call that individual they. You know, so you'd point out and, and you'd go, uh, the woman over there, the man over to the left, and they, that, that they in the middle. And which is, I, I believe it's ridiculous. Not only do you have to remember, I mean, there's just all, there's like 35 pronouns that you would have to, you know, put to memory, but you would have people that would, look, if I was in college, I'd abuse the shit out of that. I'd, I'd have a pronoun that I would make the teacher call me if that was, uh, you know, just to, just to fuck around. It's just, that's my, that, that's my, uh, that's my mentality. So the problem is, is that this is a, you know, this is a serious deal where it's a law, you break the law, and Jordan Peterson's argument was, you know, well, this is people would say, well, this is not that much of a big deal. But what what happens when you break the law? Well, you, you know, you get a parking ticket. You know, that's breaking the law. You park somewhere illegally. Well, this thing would be have a minor fine. Well, how about if you don't pay the fine? Eventually, 
what happens is with any kind of law is that if you let it go long enough, eventually your freedom gets taken away. Meaning if you have a parking ticket and you don't pay it, at some point you're probably going to be, whether the, the, the government will, you know, if you just say, fuck you, I'm never going to pay this thing. They will either, you know, there'll be a bench warrant for you where so they were not going to come to your house and get you. But if you happen to get pulled over and they run your name, it's going to come up. And uh, this is the same. This would be the same thing as a parking ticket, uh, but it's a speech ticket because you didn't you didn't correctly address somebody. And uh, I, I just can't imagine having that kind of. Uh, putting that kind of, uh, first of all, just the, the propensity for abuse of something like that is, is just overwhelming. I mean, I, I can just see, you know, I, I think that uh, there's way too many laws, uh, way too much, way t- too much uh, uh, vague laws, laws that are written so that they can be interpreted so many different ways that, uh, you know, people can do a lot of crazy bad shit with it which they do so at any rate this debate started and uh it's it's about two hours long and if i I really recommend that you if you've got a couple hours and you're uh it is it is you know it's on youtube so there's video as well so but you could you can just easily not do your work and and watch this thing and it, it went from political correctness, which is basically, you know, language and policies that uh, we're going to avoid, so we avoid offending groups, um, you know, and that's, that's sort of the definition of political correct, correctness is to, you know, just bend over backwards so that you don't, you know, offend anybody. And I, I think that's a... It's a it's a crazy idea. If you if you put a thousand people in a room, there's no way that nobody's going to walk out unless you say nothing. Uh, nobody's going to walk out of a lecture unoffended. I mean, you could have somebody up playing Mozart on a piano, and some asshole is going to walk out offended. Uh, he hit the wrong, you know. He he played Mozart in you know uh, C major or or you know. D minor or some fucking stupid thing. And uh, and there's people like this all over the place. They're just, they're constantly offended. And they're, and they're looking for it, wise, eyes wide open, constantly looking for uh, ways to be offended so that they can jump up and down and, you know. Um, so it sort of, it, it started as a political correctness debate. And it, of course, like anything else, um, fell into uh, identi- identity politics, which is basically, you know, uh, you, you basically what you do with identity politics is, is you shut down any speech that you don't like um, or you come out and chastise through words like calling somebody a racist or a misogynist or a homophobe or a xenophobe. If anybody says anything, that is remotely, um, you know, falling in a category that some group doesn't like, then 
they get to turn on you and call you all kinds of bad names that might hurt your feelings, but that doesn't matter. And that's kind of a recipe for, for disaster. And uh, that's this last presidential election was very much a, uh, an identity politics election. And uh, the identi- identity politics lost, which I think is wonderful. Maybe you don't. But identity politics is a, uh, is a shitty thing. And I don't think it helps the individuals in the group either. Um, you know, I, 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 I believe that, um, you know, you, you, you should be able to go out in public and not be accosted. I'm, I'm, I'm a believer in that, meaning you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't go outside and, and immediately be called a, any kind of name, who, no matter who you are. Um, and there are, you know, there are various laws that uh, that protect us from uh, people that would attack you verbally, say, say at your front door, you know, they or or from the street. But there's, you know, if if you're some sort of a public person and you live on a street that that's a public way, uh, free speech is going to be tough for you because. Uh, if, if you're controversial and you're not like, somebody could very well drive up and do that and this, and yell at you and call you all kinds of shit, and, and uh, there's not a hell of a lot you can do about it. So this debate uh, had a person who I don't know, Michelle Goldberg. I've never seen her before. And I'll tell you, one of the... So it was, it was Jordan Peterson and Stephen Fry. And Stephen Fry's a... Uh, I, I recognized him. He's a... Uh, an English actor, but I, he's also uh, some sort of a scholarly, he's, he's certainly well-spoken, intelligent individual. And, uh, and Jordan Peterson were on one side of the debate, Stephen Fry, Jordan Peterson, and Michelle, uh, Michael Dyson, who has been on, uh, you would recognize him. He's, a, he's a, on television quite a bit. He's on uh, a lot of the Sunday shows that... Uh, uh, meet the press, and um, you know, this week with uh, George Stephanopoulos, or uh, that uh, show that Jake Tapper has at nine o'clock in the morning that I can't remember the name of. Um, you, it's Dr. Michael Dyson, I believe he's a doctor, and he's also a preacher as well. And then Michelle Goldberg, who I don't, um, I, I've never heard of before. I'll tell you something though. And this is just an observation, and it's anecdotal, and it's probably wrong, and you can call me a misogynist if you want, but it seems to be the people, women, that are the most upset about this stuff are always fucking ugly. I, I don't know why that is. Um, it, maybe it's really tough being a fucking ugly chick. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, but they... For, for whatever reason, have you, have you ever seen Betty Friedan? Type in Betty Friedan and take a, take a good look at her. And you can type in Betty Friedan. Even when Betty was young, no one would fuck Betty. And, you know, Betty is a, uh, along with Gloria Steinem, although Gloria Steinem was quite attractive, um, which, is, which is not the norm. But uh, Betty Friedan is just a, a fucking... Bridge troll. Uh, 
It actually probably makes bridge trolls look good. So the the interesting part of this de- thing was that this debate was, you know, you're arguing arguing with uh, Michael Dyson, who was the, the preacher, and Jordan Peterson uh, had a had a back and forth. And basically, when you get to a level where you're arguing with somebody that's that's not like me, who's a fucking moron, uh, and you get to a level like Dr. Jordan Peterson, who is a clinical psychologist, uh, has taught psychology, uh, is very well read, very, very knowledgeable, very intelligent, um, and you come out with a guy like Michael Dyson, who basically wants to, I, I wouldn't say he's, a, he, and by the way, Michael Dyson is a, a person of color. Uh, he's an African-American. But there is a, you know, you, you might you might do well on a Sunday show when you're sitting down with basically a bunch of people that think like you. But Jordan Peterson was able to do a lot of damage to Michael Dyson because Michael Dyson doesn't really have an argument and doesn't have an answer for anything other than a bunch of bullshit. And one of the things that uh, was brought up, of course, is the the idea of this white privilege. Now, white privilege is a is a very controversial thing, and and is a uh, it's it's part of the part of the lexicon now. And and uh, and I would dare say that. Uh, white people do have an advantage in this in in the one sense that you cannot hide from being black. So if there are racists, then white folks uh, are are gonna get the white folks don't have to think about their color uh, depending on what part of the country they are in. I mean, I, I believe I can go to Alabama tomorrow and I'm not going to have any problems whatsoever. And I don't know if a black guy that's going to go to Alabama tomorrow um, can think the same way. I think that maybe he's thinking, you know, this is the Deep South or Mississippi and you know, I'm going to I'm gonna have to watch myself. And uh, which, uh, look, that's a terrible thing. But one of the things that Jordan Peterson said was, well, okay, me and all my white privilege. You tell me how much of white privilege has helped me. I want, you know, essentially what he said, and I'm, I am doing some probably an injustice by even talking about this. And and uh, But if you're not going to watch the debate, then you'll never fucking know, so who cares? I'll lie to you. But he, he basically said that uh, to uh, Mike Dyson, he said, look, you tell me what percentage of my success is based on my white privilege. And that way, maybe what we can do is we can all get together and decide as, you know, and this is, this is Canada, but at, decide in the United States and Canada how much white people are actually helped by their race and actually quantify it so that, you know, we can, we can you know, if... if uh, the average white person is, uh, I don't know, you know, making making uh, on average more money than the average black person by X amount, and it's because not be, and 
the bat with the black person has the exact same education as the white person and and, and it just it, it, meaning how do you ever solve that and what good does it do to talk about it i mean what what's the what what is the end you know and the point is is you know and how is that helpful how is that uh, you know if you watch this la- the last election there's how is it helpful and Caucasians are the largest population, you know, largest group, if you want to, if you want to do it that way, um, in the country. And it's, it's by overwhelmingly, you know, 65%. So unless you're just seriously self-loathing and self-hating and you want to, uh, you know, you're just going to, uh, you want to beat up on yourself then you can go right ahead and, uh, you know, join up and whip yourself in the back with, uh, like, some Christian before, uh, <laughs> you know, trying to, trying to imitate the, cru- the crucifixion of Christ. Uh, but for the most part, nobody wants to be told that they're privileged, especially if, if somebody is in Appalachia and... They don't have any fucking teeth, and everybody that they know is is addicted to painkillers, and there's no fucking work, and uh, you know, and 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 one of the most, uh, I would say, one of the most uh, privileged group of white people, uh, the Jews, um, who happen to have a, a Holocaust. You uh, you want to you often wonder, well, you know. I mean, I know that the black people were slaves, but how's the Holocaust? How does how does that compare towards slavery? You know, are we going to somehow quantify the two, and then somehow, you know, well, let's be, you know, do some formula. So, well, the Jews had the Holocaust, but the Holocaust was only for you know three or four years, where slavery was for a couple hundred. So you get a, you know, it's just doing this kind of stuff is is insane. I'm not saying. That uh, it's a it's probably a shitty example, and I'm not saying that uh, we should forget about the Holocaust nor slavery, but it's it's a uh, to use it and try to pit one group against the other, the majority, um, you're going to lose, and that's what happened, and that gave, identity politics gave us Donald Trump, and I I, I sincerely believe that uh, Barack Obama gave us. Donald Trump, because uh, Barack, love him or hate him, and I, I am very. Um, I, let's put it this way: I wasn't, un, I wasn't unhappy that Barack Obama won the presidency, and I don't think he was. A, Al thinks he's the worst president ever. I think that he did fine, um, and I was very proud that our country elected a, a man of color who was half white, by the way, and raised by white people. But it, it's, uh, that's neither here nor there, I guess. So the point is, there's an interesting debate going on. I wanted to bring this up as far as this monk debate uh, with these four individuals, and I'd highly recommend that you would go and uh, listen to it because it's a lot more intelligent than listening to me. Um, Roseanne Barr was uh, shit canned. 
And uh, I guess Roseanne, I, I read some of it. The one thing that gets me is that uh, Roseanne said something about Valerie Jarrett, and I know who Valerie Jarrett is. And the thing is, I never knew Valerie Jarrett was black. Um, Ro Roseanne Barr said something to the effect that, uh, you know, mixing, uh, I don't know, mixing, mixing uh, a liberal with a fucking monkey gives you a Valerie Jarrett or something like that. And uh, and she has come out and said, I didn't think I didn't know she was black. I thought she was Jewish or something. Uh, so you you can never be too careful, folks, because you, you just don't know how uh, how often you're going to or, you know, when you're going to offend somebody. Uh, but, you know, I went and looked at pictures of Valerie in, in all different kinds of light and shading and and she looks white to me. But. That's, uh, I don't know. I guess if she's African-American, she's African-American. And, uh, but I guess Roseanne said enough bad stuff and they just, there seems to be no innocent until proven guilty with the Me Too movement and, uh, you know, you know, not that anybody should be uh, forgiven if they, you know, if you're a Bill Cosby, um, it's a pretty terrible thing. But, uh you know, the Me Too movement or, or this, uh, the identity, identity politics, you know, on the, on the smaller level, such as people like various celebrities saying stupid things, they're, they're out there watching it. And this woman such as Michelle Goldberg, who is part of this debate, well, she's watching and just with bated breath, just to, waiting to pounce on anyone that says anything that she could deem to be offensive to her. And there's a lot of her to offend because she's a big, fat animal, which probably isn't helpful, but I just thought, figured I'd point that out. You know, the thing is, uh, and, and I'll tell you something. One of the things that, one of the things, and I'm going to segue into this and see if I can do it with, without too many speed bumps, one of the things that identity politics and, and you know, politics where you, you're, you're trying to undermine and saying that the, the, the last administration, say in, a pre, in the pre, say, in the presidential realm is, uh, isn't helpful, is, say, when Barack Obama, his big promise was to, you know, get, get rid of this horrible Guantanamo Bay. Now, I was not for the Iraq War at all. I thought the Iraq War was was a fucking blatant violation. I don't think we had any right to go there. I think it was, I mean, the, the biggest enemy of Iraq was Iran, and we took away Iraq, so now Iran can run free. I think it was, it, it's one of the most stupid things that was ever done. And of course, one of the re resultant uh, things from the Iraq War was the uh, the um, and the 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 war in Afghanistan was, you know, what do you do, what do you do with guys that you know are, you know, are bad guys, but 
you can't, you know, you could never prove there is no chain of evidence in which you could bring along and put them, uh, put them, you know, I mean, you, there's a video, but you could make an argument that that video had been tampered with. There's no chain of evidence that, that would stand up in a, in a U.S. court. Although a lot of the courts are uh, putting in some of the wacky judges that are fucked and don't follow the law. But what do you do with these people? You know they're terrible. What are you going to do with them? So Guantanamo Bay was, I guess, an answer to that. It was a solution to that, uh, to that, that need. And what's interesting is Barack Obama, before he got into office, one of his campaign pledges was he was going to close Guantanamo Bay down. Now, he didn't do that. And, and I'm not saying that Barack Obama is a bad guy because he didn't do it, because I believe when you become president, there's the there's a holy shit moment where you become president and they bring you in and they say, well, here's what here's what's really going on, Mr. President elect. And, and you sit there and you go, holy fuck, you know, and you, you just don't know. You don't know. We don't know um, as citizens. And uh, I can get a, a there's a whole nother discussion here to be had about you know, how much, how much we shouldn't know and how much we should know. And uh, I believe there's 5 million people that have security clearance. I think there's way too many secrets out there that are secretive against us. And we find too much, uh, there's a lot of shit that, you know, that is being done that we ought to know about. But that's for another time. But I'm going to go on, keep going on this Guantanamo thing. So... Barack Obama let go a lot of the people that were in Guantanamo. He never closed it. And I was wondering, you know, but this, the war was still going on. Um, not so much in Iraq, but the, uh, the war in Afghanistan is still going on. And I'm like, they've they got to be catching bad guys. Well, here's how Barack Obama didn't add to the prison population in Guantanamo Bay. Instead of going and capturing bad guys and putting them in Guantanamo Bay, where they, you know, they lose the right of habeas corpus and all the rights that we enjoy in the United States. Well, instead of doing that, what Barack Obama did was he fucking blew them up. And a lot of times <laughs> he blew them up with their own family and people standing around him. And I'm not making this up. The number of drone strikes under Barack Obama was, is just, it's incredible. And, you know, it's, it's so, there's so much bullshit. You know, you hear it in this, in this country, how every life is valuable and, you know, what murderers are so terrible. And, and here's our government. Uh, they are just run by the most, supposedly the most liberal, uh, fair-minded person to ever have occupied the, the uh, office of the president. And he is literally not only just blowing up the bad guy, but blowing up children and old people. And look, 
We got a target. The guy's right in the middle of this group. Uh, it might be the, the family of the guy, but maybe they're bad people too. And uh, we call that, we call that the, that's the right thing to do. And uh, so God forbid we lock the bad guy up and put him in Gitmo. Nope. What we're going to do, which is much better so that uh, old Barry can keep a campaign promise, is we're going to blow them the fuck up with their family and sit there and talk about how precious every life is. And uh, believe me, I don't think every life is all that precious, Um, which is also a discussion for another day. But... It's it's a I'll tell you it's a wacky it's a wacky situation out there. Uh, I don't I don't know what the I don't actually know what the policy now is in Guantanamo Bay. I know it's still open. I haven't I haven't looked at. Maybe I should have before this this uh, little uh, fourth installment of of the infamous Joe show, but it's a. Uh, we live in we live in interesting times here, and uh, the the, uh, <laughs> the the solution to a problem like the Guantanamo thing is uh, uh, quite interesting. So, and I'm sure you can find all kinds of um, information that'll tell you that that's not what happened. But if you look hard enough, it's really that's what they did. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I think I've hit like 33 minutes, which is, these shows are, that I do by myself, about a half an hour of constant talking is about all I can stand to listen to myself. And it's probably all, well, actually, you've probably turned this off uh, 25 minutes ago because that was all you could stand. But uh, listen, this show is, uh, is on a web is on part of our main podcast, which is kind of right. And uh, listen, if you uh, enjoy the show, great. Tell a friend uh, if you happen to be able to listen to podcasts. If you have that kind of time uh, or a situation where you can listen to something while you're working, um, we'd appreciate that. If you don't like us, well, that's fine too. And uh, as Al and I talk about quite frequently. We're not really looking for fame or fortune, but we we really do like hate mail. Um, we've gotten some, but not nearly enough to satisfy my need for it. But uh, listen, everybody, have a uh, have a great weekend. It's this is Thursday, so it's a little early for a great weekend. But have a great Friday, and uh, Al and I will be back with you next Tuesday. Take care now.